Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hi guys, welcome to episode 19 of the Mojo NBA show. I'm your host Riley and today I am very lucky to be with Haley. Hello. We are back and we are so excited to be talking all NBA again so we will start with the warm-up. Um, Haley, I am going to ask you if you have any pets. I know you do because we are friends that go back to high school. We have I've seen your pets, but you've got to tell the viewers some exciting news and also about your pets. Yes, so I've got a Cavoodle named Ruby, and actually just a couple of days ago, we got a new puppy um, named Poppy, the black Cavoodle, and she's about four months old, I think, a, a little bit of an older puppy, but she's very small and cute and very puppy-y. <laughs> Still weighing inside and got to be toilet trained and stuff and very excited and yes. I'm literally... Lovely new addition to the family. Oh, I before the call, I was so excited to hear that you got a new puppy. I was like over the moon. Viewers, if you're listening, like you should have seen, I was, if Haley could see my face because she's obviously on the call and I'm on the video, I was like shook. I had no way to react. I was just overwhelmed. But... <laughs> Yeah, you got to come visit sometime. Uh, I will be coming to visit and probably steal your dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, what kind of puppy things is she doing? Is she chasing around the house? Is she being a little menace uh, for poor Ruby, who has to be a big sister now? Well, Ruby's, like, really independent. Like, you know, she's been the dog of the house for all this time. And suddenly this, you know, little cute dogs come in. And she, the puppy's really affectionate and stuff, but Ruby doesn't really want much to do with it. But I'm trying to get them to get along. I'm forcing Ruby into some hugs. Yeah, but she's just very excited and playful. She hasn't got jealous yet, Ruby? Oh, she's a bit, but I, I'm very good at making sure they both get their equal attention. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, for viewers, I don't know if I've told you, I have a Beagle Cross Cavalier called Molten. And she is six years old and you could swear she's still a puppy. She is the most immature dog I've ever met in my whole entire existence. And yeah, she's so naughty, but she is so much fun. And I just love her to bits. Um, and that's but, named after the basketball? It is named after the basketball. And <laughs> it's a mixed It's a mixed opinion whether it's a good name or not. Obviously, me and my family think it's a great name and she loves it. Um, we I call her... Oh, thank you, Haley. Appreciate it. Uh, we also call her Denise the Manise when she's in her little devil mode. <laughs> it's a little alter ego. Um, and she was showing that full force this morning as she was running around with her toys, taking them out of her toy box and then throwing them across the room. But she is a perfect addition to our family and she's so sassy. She will bark at us and scratch the door and smack the door and run into the door whenever she wants to go outside, which is a bit extreme, if you ask me. <laughs> My dog does that, yeah. Oh, that's good. It's not the only, I'm not the only one with a psycho dog. It's no more. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, well, I can't wait to meet Poppy and see Ruby again. I love Ruby, but I'm so excited to see Poppy and probably steal her. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we will go into the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. As Kobe Bryant at the buzzer in overtime gets the win for Los Angeles. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. It's over. The Bucks have done it. Celebration has begun in Boston. Most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches and how it carries forward to the next generation. So we are bringing the LA rivalry to the show tonight. Obviously, Haley is a mad Clippers fan and I am a mad Lakers fan, but we are only focusing on one team and it's probably the team that I don't want to talk about because we have had a very, 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 very bad season. Of course, we are talking about the Lakers, who had a lot of promise. Personally, when I saw the list, I didn't have high expectations. I thought we were too old, too slow. And basically, that's what it showed all year. But we had high expectations going into the season, and we didn't even reach the playoffs or the play-in tournament, which was quite, quite disappointing. But then again, I did expect that when we signed everyone into our retirement home. Um, <laughs> Haley, what do you think happened this year? Do you just, is it, is it, can it be fixed? Can it be fixed? We haven't seen much movement, but can it be fixed? Oh, it's a tough question because I think it's going to need a big change for there to be any real fix. I think, you know, when you've got all the star, you know, star power, all these Hall of, future Hall of Famer names, um, but they're still finishing 11th outside of, you know, even the top 10 to make the playing tournament. I think it shows that they've got a long way to go if they've got LeBron having a near MVP season and that's still not enough for them. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, they're going to need to do a lot different and really change their attitude and style of approaching it. Yeah, I completely agree with your attitude. I watched you know, for some reason, Lakers games are televised so much. And literally last season, they were the most boring team to watch. I would rather watch any other team in the NBA than watch the Lakers. And I'm a Lakers fan. Um, but their attitude stunk. Like, they did not run back on defense at all. And considering we had some pretty good defenders in our team that have been all NBA defenders in their time, in their career, it was pretty disappointing to watch. Do you think we focus too much on all these players that were once good? Like, who did we even... I can't even remember our list. It was so old and so slow. But, like, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard came back, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's just people that were in their prime and now they're not. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. You've got, like, you know... Mallow, even like Trevor Ariza and Rondo and DeAndre Jordan, Wayne Ellington, like there's just a lot of old players that they've sort of brought back well beyond their prime. And, you know, they were very good players or decent players in their in their prime, but they're just beyond that and they just can't compete at that same level in today's game. Yeah, and we and we saw that with Russell Westbrook. He I'm so glad Jackson on the show tonight because he does not stand for Russell Westbrook slander. But 
we saw him not be at his best agile self and the consequences that came with that because he's not as fast anymore because he can't do as much with his body we just saw it was it was a real travesty to watch him play um because he's had such a good career and now it's kind of been not slandered but kind of been a bit clouded with the season that has just come do you think we could potentially trade Russell Westbrook and if so do you think we will trade him somewhere where he can hopefully regain a little bit of that regain a bit of that stardom I think from the Lakers perspective you definitely want to trade him Um, I'm not sure if that's their current mindset just because of how slow free agency has been this year but in terms of from the yeah from the Lakers perspective they're just going to be trying to get as much value out of him as they can um, to do whatever they can to maximize the Lakers future not Russell Westbrook he's not really the center of their focus but it's just going to be very hard for Russell Westbrook getting any sort of decent trade with how much money he's currently on he's earning 47 million dollars this season three million more than LeBron James you know like arguably one of the greatest players of all time and he's not even the highest paid player on his team so I think it's going to be very hard to trade Russell Westbrook Um, but I I think yeah it's been really hard for him this season with all of the you know focus on his play and stuff like he's still average like half decent numbers like 19, 7 and 7 obviously it's not where he's at in terms of his max capability but I think more so than anything for a Lakers team that's old and tired and struggling like he played 78 games this season and that was by far the most out of any of their starters so I mean he played consistently um, but just not at that level and I guess like you were saying with the Lakers publicity it was just very much in the spotlight so it made it very hard for him. Yeah and when every game is televised you're going to have some rough moments and it was just unfortunate that he had a few too many rough moments when everyone was watching. Um, I, for one, know I have bricked a few shots in my day, but if that was televised all over the world, I, I personally would quit. So uh, I kudos to him for keep going, for keep going. I mean, with that much money, of course you would, but I could not do that. As you were saying, he was pretty consistent. So I'm going to turn the flip side on that and talk about the Mr. Inconsistent, always injured, Anthony Davis obviously when he's on the court he's such a talent and he is he looks unstoppable but to be honest he is so injury prone and I'm sick of seeing him on the bench as a Lakers supporter I just don't want him there I want him on the court but you know that he's not going to play a heap of games Um, yeah what do you think of Anthony Davis Uh, obviously coming off another year of just often on injuries. Yeah, well, I think it's sort of the opposite to Russell Westbrook. Russ played, you know, 78 games and wasn't overly efficient, had some bad moments. But Anthony Davis has played 76 games in the last two seasons. So Mm -hmm. for him, he was playing at a decent level, but he just couldn't stay on the court long enough. And I think just his level of being injury prone was just so high that, it's just made it hard for him to gain any consistency this year. But he's been like, he's been an all-star every season, apart from this season and his rookie year, he's been an all-star 
his entire career. And he's clearly, you know, former number one draft pick, lots of accolades and NBA champion. He's very talented. It's just the main thing for him is about just staying healthy. And I think that's going to be a real big challenge for him at the moment. And like he's coming up to 30 now, like he used to be this sort of young player, but now he's missed all this time on court and he's turning out to be one of the older players now and he's still not able to stay on the court. So yeah, it's a bit, it's going to be hard for him, but yeah. Yeah. And how many good years do you think we have left of him? Do, can we maybe get another championship with him and LeBron being a duo or do we think, do you think maybe his time in the NBA is coming to an end? Because I heard a very disturbing fact that he once the final game was that he played, I don't know if that was the last game, I can't remember, but he hadn't touched a basketball in six months, which was concerning for someone that was so injured that, you know, wasn't having a great consistent season and he hadn't touched a basketball in six months, hadn't done any work to help his game. Do you think we have any more good years left of him, considering he's going to his 30s? I think that, like, for any Lakers fans, I definitely want to see LeBron and Anthony Davis have another championship um but yeah the biggest thing for him is just about staying healthy and I'm not sure in terms of you know having a full season at the highest level and being able to have a deep playoff run where he's got that in him like you just see him on the court and anytime this season just every rebound it's a risk of an injury that's going to put him out for a few weeks yeah yeah he's he's definitely he's definitely injury prone and he's not and to me, when we traded for him, my dad's also a Lakers fan. To me, it was it was a bit of a it was a, bit, it was a really high risk trade. Um, if you agree, Haley, it was just very very risky, and we are still paying for it today as pick eight that New Orleans selected Dyson Daniels with was the Lakers' original pick, which is just frustrating. I think it's frustrating for us knowing that we didn't make the play in. And we are still paying with draft picks. Do you do you think mm. the AD trade was worth it? We obviously win one championship with it, but now we're paying the price because we have an old slow team with no future draft picks coming through. Mm. Well, I think it's definitely about what's the perspective of the Lakers. Like if ultimately you're trying to win a championship, you know, they did that. So they, they got that part of the deal. But in terms of like Anthony Davis not playing, I think obviously there was, multiple components to the um, Lakers sending to the Pelicans. But, you know, Zion being in a pretty similar situation, not having much gameplay. So I think they've almost traded to quite injury-prone players. And those other pieces like Lonzo um, and Brandon Ingram, who's really broken out now. Um, and, yeah, like future picks like Dyson Daniels, it would have been nice to see him at Lakers with LeBron. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it was just a very big, you know, blockbuster trade that I think, hasn't necessarily lived up to the hype and expectations just due to the injury-prone nature of AD and Zion. Yeah, and with I guess with that, my next question to you is we, we traded a very, very young core that has proven to be very strong in their respective teams. So Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, uh, Brandon Ingram, we traded them away. And we also got rid of Julius Randall and Jordan Clarkson, who have won most improved and six man of the year. Do you think maybe if we were able to keep that core with LeBron and we just held out for one more season, that we 
could have been a very strong and a very good team for a few more years than what the Lakers have become? Well, I think that players like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, they were able to break out because they did move from LeBron. Like, I think, you know, he's a, you know, that sort of mentor player, but they're never going to really reach their fullest potential and get to sort of have more responsibility and attention when they're playing with someone like LeBron. I think when, you know, Brandon Ingram goes and he's sort of like the guy for the Pelicans, that's what really allowed him to develop and get to that all-star level. Um, So, yeah, I'm not sure if they would have got to, like they might have had greater like longevity in terms of the Lakers roster um, being a younger team, but I'm not sure if they would have reached that same level of potential because they all really sort of moved away and quite quickly developed a lot into, you know, starters and really valuable players. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like it's all it's all these what ifs. Like what if we never traded for AD? What if we never traded for Russell Westbrook? What if? And it's it's hard to almost imagine, you know, what could have been, especially with all the draft picks then we would have had. But, you know, at the end of the day, we did win a championship. Um, but last question to you, and this kind of matches with the AD trade, considering how much we gave away for AD, do you think we can actually get Kari with how little we have to offer? Or maybe or maybe even Ben Simmons. I've heard that is a trade rumour that we could even potentially get Ben Simmons over to the Lakers and trade like a Russell Westbrook and things like that. Would that be a more realistic trade than going for Kyrie Irving? See, I think the thing with both, like either going for Kyrie or for Simmons, it's actually both ways in, ter- in terms of like the Lakers see, obviously they're both great players, but as you've seen this last year, they're very sort of up and down in their consistency of desire to play or whether they're going to, you know, perform at all. But also for the Lakers, like what's the actual value that they're giving away there? And I think when your key pieces that you'd be looking at would be Russell Westbrook or even Anthony Davis, they're again both sort of either very injury prone or very inefficient. And so it's they're both like that whole trade situation just very risky. You're not getting a lot of promise um, because outside of, you know, Ben Simmons, everyone there's reasonable age. Like you're not getting a young developing player. You're getting someone who's on the way out. So yeah, I think that just the Lakers, they're just in a big mess at the moment. And as we've seen from free agency, there's not, not a lot happening at the moment. Not to yeah. say that we won't wake up tomorrow and there'll be a big trade go down, but not very likely. Yeah, well, we did wake up to the news that LeBron did sign a two-year extension, which was interesting because Bronny's obviously coming into the league soon. But um, that's pretty much all that is exciting in Lakerland. Uh, if you're a Clippers fan like Hayley, you've got a little bit more promise with Paul George and yeah. Kawhi coming back and also having a pretty successful season considering those were two massive outs and you had zero expectations going into the season, unlike the Lakers. Um, the rivalry is still strong between Lakers and Clippers, though. Uh, I will never go for the Clippers because no, never. But um, <laughs> but in saying that, we will move on to our next segment, All Ball. 
every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? MVP Shaquille O'Neal. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Bird. shot by LeBron James. Jordan with two seconds to go. Puts it up and scores at the buzzer. My mentality was to go out and win at any cost. He said, I'm going to show you. Nobody will ever work as hard as I work. So we are talking about someone that was on the Lakers list uh, last season and was arguably one of the biggest snubs of the NBA 75 team. We're talking about the eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, NBA champion, Dwight Howard. He obviously won his championship with the Lakers back in 2020 in the bubble. And then he moved to, I don't remember what team, and then made a comeback to the Lakers. But we've just spoken about them and how bad they've been, so he hasn't won another one. But my first question to you, and we've we've had a few, not arguments, but a few Um, thoughts about the Hall of Fame and what criteria required of um, making the Hall of Fame. Do you think Dwight is on that list? Obviously, you know, it's hard to say, but if you had to pick, would you put him on the Hall of Fame? Yes, I I would. I think he's had a, you know, he's in his 18th or 19th season now, former number one pick. Like you said, he's eight-time All-NBA, um, like three-time defensive player of the year. I think if you're winning that many individual awards and you're not going to make the Hall of Fame, like there's a lot of players in there that haven't achieved that much on their own. They might have been on good teams, but they haven't done that themselves. Um, I think, yeah, just his defense, like two-time block champ, five-time rebound champ, NBA champion, just all of that, I think – it would be pretty hard to leave him out. He was definitely a snub for the NBA 75 team and a lot more people make the Hall of Fame, so he should be included in that. Yeah, and as you said, like he didn't make the All-NBA 75 team where the likes of Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis did. And personally, I would argue that they haven't achieved as much as much statistically like All-NBAs and All-Stars and Defensive Players of the Year especially Damian Lillard, who hasn't even won a championship, and yet he's on the list, yet he's Dwight's not. And, you know, Anthony Davis and Dame will be Hall of Famers. So to me, you can't argue that Dwight Howard's not a Hall of Famer at all. Um, it, to me, it will just matter if he's first ballot or second ballot. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, with that, he... He obviously came into the league being this superstar. Um, he, I think he did win a dunk contest wearing the Superman, the Superman outfit, and he was going in. It was so sad. In 2020, he was going to do the dunk contest with Kobe Bryant, which would have been so, so amazing. But obviously, he wasn't able to do that. Okay, so do we? How has Dwight transitioned into being a role player? Do you think he's at a, like become a good one or become just an average one? He obviously can still rebound the ball. He can still dunk the ball, but not as good as he used to at the start of his career. Yeah, well, I think 
he's averaging, you know, career low in minutes, points, rebounds, most categories, um, which is understandable being 36 years old now. But I think the stats don't really show his effect on games. You know, he doesn't really start. He started half the games with the Lakers last year. But just what he brings is that, like, experience, that veteran role. And he really brings energy to the game, I think. You know, he's a bit of a controversial person he'll get up in your face and I think you know he can really be a momentum shifter for teams so yeah he's he's a valuable player for any team obviously being on more of like a minimum salary will be like important for teams not paying him lots of money but I definitely think he brings lots of value to any team really just with his amount of experience playing 18 years in the NBA yeah exactly and you know maybe a good a good uh person in the change rooms for those younger centers to really come through and, and shine into their own, into their own players and create their own legacies. Uh, With the, with the Orlando, oh, sorry, with, do you think he would have won more championships with the Lakers if he earlier on in his career, when he moved with Kobe and then there was a little bit of infighting within the Lakers that came out. Do you think, if he had stayed, he would have potentially won a few more championships because obviously he would have been with Kobe and Pau Gasol and that was meant to be a very, very, very big, big three at the time. Or do you think maybe it was too much infighting to win it at all? I think it just completely depends on the dynamics. If, if they were, you know, in fights and there's a lot of conflict going on, I don't think staying would have been helpful because it just would have boiled over and gotten worse. Um, but that's just sort of the inevitability of having big personalities who aren't willing to sort of step down at all. And that's clearly what happened there. They had, you know, the opportunity of having two big plays in their prime, but it didn't work out. So, you know, they weren't going to trade Kobe away. So Dwight was out of there, but they definitely had the potential to, you know, win championships and win more. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of that dilemma of having, personalities who aren't willing to step down yeah exactly and I think team dynamics is what wins you championships not how skilled you can be and we've seen that with the Brooklyn Nets they had Kyrie they had KD uh, they had James Harden and that did not work and it was the team chemistry and they were three superstars but they were all ball dominant and just did not have that team chemistry whereas you look at the Warriors who are a bunch of apart from Steph and Clay. And Draymond, you know, they could be superstars in their own right, but they decided to be role players and do what's best for the team. And that's resulted in what got them a championship. Um, My last question about Dwight Howard is where does he go to now? Do Lakers sign him again? I think he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Do you want to see him on any team in particular? Maybe a team with a young upcoming center that he might assist in the locker room um yeah so I think he he's most recently been with the Lakers he was with Philly for a little bit before that as I said before I definitely think he brings a lot of value to any team just with his veteran experience um so I definitely think you know on a definitely obviously on a minimum veteran contract um not you know spending lots of money on him in any way but I think he's an important player and he can bring a lot to young teams like even the Houston Rockets or even the Orlando Magic. Magic, he could have a reunion back there from where he got drafted. Um, 
but yeah, I think he's got a lot to give to a team and he's still got that value. Yeah, I was even thinking of a team like maybe the Atlanta Hawks. Like I'd like to see him with the John Collins kind of player, see how he'd help him continue to grow and develop, obviously being such a good dunker and things like that. But yeah, yeah. Orlando Magic reunion would have been su- would be super super cool. Maybe in his like yeah. maybe it's like a final season tribute kind of thing, like Dwayne Wade did with Miami. That would be really really cool. Um, yeah, definitely. But we will be going into our final segment now, rapid fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. We, for our rapid fire, we are talking about a coach that has made the NBA 75 team. It, you know, in he's a current coach, so there's always going to be a bit of controversy around current coaches. He's won a championship, but he's also blown the most 3-1 leads in history. We are talking about Doc Rivers. I personally saw a thing the other week, and it was like the greatest coaches of all time, and it was Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, Steve Kerr, and Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers just looked out of place with those with those coaches. Um, Obviously, Phil Jackson is a superstar coach. Pat Riley is another superstar coach. Um, Steve Kerr is developing and creating this mega dynasty that is just amazing to watch and they're so fun to watch, the Warriors. But I guess my question to you, Haley, is do you think Doc Rivers deserved to be in the NBA 75 as the best coaches of all time? I would say no. Like you were saying, I think when you see the other people who he's in company with, I don't think he compares to them. Um, I think, you know, he's had just good teams. Um, it's not, it hasn't really been about him, you know, making something happen with undermanned teams. He's sort of had these good teams and, you know, one of the five or six times made it work. And so that's, you know, got him a championship with the Boston Celtics and, apparently done him enough to get him, you know, among the rest of the coaches. But I think it's sort of the number of years he's coached as well. He's coached for like 23 years, I think. So I think, yeah, he's sort of just been in the league a long time and that's sort of earned him a spot among the best. But I don't think, you know, one championship in 23 years with the players he's coached doesn't really show that he's up there with the best of them. Yeah, and... Some of the co- some of the players here has coached that has not like he has not won a championship with is Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, James Harden, and so many more players. Do you think just hearing those names, do you think he should have won a championship, especially with the likes that when Chris Paul, Blake Griffin? Griffin and DeAndre Jordan in their prime he coached them in their prime and the fact that Lob City did not win a championship was always a little bit crazy but yeah do you think you know when you see those names that he really just should have won a championship oh definitely I think you know they've clearly got like you said some of the best players in the league one of the most exciting teams at the time Um, but I think players like Chris Paul it was actually his sort of brilliance that shined through there. And it wasn't at all 
um, Doc Rivers, who had great coaching. It was Chris Paul, who, as we've seen, has sort of any team he's gone to, he's just made it that much better. He's turned, you know, OKC into a playoff team. Um, but I think, yeah, circumstances like that, that's where then Doc Rivers might get a bit of credit for having a exciting team like that. But it's actually the, the star players like Chris Paul who have made it like it is. But he's definitely should have won a, a championship with those teams. Even like the LA Clippers, you know, they blew that 3-1 lead. I don't want to bring it up, but, you know, to um, the, De- the Denver Nuggets in the bubble. Um, and that's yeah. when we had like Kawhi and Paul George. Um, yeah. And it was like Jamal and Jokic. And I know they're good players, but just actually from physically watching that, I just thought that the coaching decisions and the way he approached it just wasn't wasn't the right way. Yeah, and he, you, you are completely right. I com- there's not on the list, on my list, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If you can't win with them when they were pretty much in their prime, you, it's going to be oh, it's going to be stuck. Kawhi's not in his prime yet. Pardon? Kawhi's not in his prime yet. Oh, not yet. You heard it here first, folks. He, <laughs> this season he's going to be in his this prime season. this season. This season, MVP yeah. league MVP. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I believe you. I believe you. Um, and you also had like Pep, Pat Beverly though in that team, and I think. Pat Beverly is a very, very, very underrated player. He gets in players' heads, and Jack will hate me for mentioning Pat Beverly, but I feel like when you had Pat Bev coming off the bench with Kawhi and Paul George, you should have got a lot further than losing to the Denver Nuggets from a 3-1, with a 3-1 lead. Definitely. Um, Yeah, but I guess the other thing is... With all these mistakes, he's obviously lost the most 3-1 leads with three more than any other coach. He doesn't like when people use that as an excuse as to why he's not a good coach. But he's also ruined the Orlando's Magic's chances of signing Tim Duncan when he was very much in his prime still and there would have been a lot of talent there. I'm assuming Dwight Howard would have been on that team as well, which would have been just one of the scariest duos I would have ever been able to watch. But with all these mistakes, do you think he is a good enough coach to be one of the greats? No, I don't. I think, as we've said, he's, you know, had these teams with great players, even like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Kawhi, Paul George, um, all, all those players and like Lob City. But it's actually those players themselves who I think have, you know, sort of created any sort of outcome that they've had, whether that's success or fail, success. Um, but it's been Doc Rivers' lack of coaching that's led to their failure and their short-ended season, really. They're not being able to have a deep playoff push because he doesn't have that. I don't know what it is, but he just hasn't shown that he's a coach that can bring a team together with lots of good players. He needs them to do the work for him. Yeah, and exactly. I think that last point you make is so, so, so important. Obviously, I'm a coach. I only coach under 12s, and they're still in the finals, but we don't want to talk about their last Friday night performance. But they, you know, as a coach, you need to be able to control egos and get them to play together. And I think the likes of Phil Jackson, when you watch The Last Dance, his importance in that Bulls team to control Dennis Rodman, not to control, but to like persuade. Dennis Rodman to play um, and play well, um, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan to get those three 
that are very big egos to play is almost more important than the players playing like stars themselves because that would have just, they wouldn't have won six. Um, and I just don't think Doc Rivers has that ability. Uh, you know, we saw Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons just hate each other towards the end and Doc Rivers did not pull their heads in and go, look, we want to win and you want to win. Why aren't you working together? Um do you, what could he do? Obviously, he's won the one championship. What could he do to, I suppose, cement in people's minds that he is a good enough coach to be on that list? I think just winning a championship, to be honest. Um, obviously, with like the strength of the East this season, he's with Philadelphia and he's got runner-up MVP in Joel Embiid with James Harden coming back. I think if he can win this season, I don't know if it completely cements his legacy as a coach. Because um, obviously, you know, you've got these two basically MVPs on your team. But I think he would have to win this season to have any chance of being, going down as a great coach. Because this is just a prime example um, going into this year that they've got the best that they can have. Um, and it's just about whether they can perform. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's. And if he does win another championship, do you give a lot of that credit to James Harden, who does take a pay cut and is looking like he's in very good shape? I've seen photos of him in this preseason and he's looking like back to Houston Rockets towards, you know, not towards the end of his career because he wasn't looking in great shape then, but towards the middle of the Houston Rockets. He is looking to be back in that shape, which is super exciting. Would you, you know, I guess with what you said earlier, like Chris Paul, made Doc Rivers look better than he was. Do you think if if there is a championship in Philadelphia, you know, a lot of that has to go to James Harden, surely, for taking a pay cut, for getting good role players to come back in and make their team stronger? Definitely. I think, you know, he's shown that he's committed to the team. Like in the last couple of seasons, there's been a lot of rumours, obviously, when he first left Houston, being like having such a run. Um, they're setting all these records with his scoring um, to then, you know, sort of bouncing around the last couple of years with Brooklyn and now landing in Philadelphia. I think he's shown that he's committed to this team coming back and, as you said, taking a pay cut. I think he'll definitely play a key role in that. But as we've seen in his postseason sort of career so far, he hasn't always shown up. He's, you know, got those regular season records and, showing he can score individually in the regular season, but he hasn't really shown that he can go deep into the playoffs and win a championship. So I think it will take for him to really turn that round for Philly to win just with the strength of the East. Um, But yeah, he'll definitely deserve a lot of the credit there. Yeah. And with his bad playoff runs in history, it will be on Doc Rivers to somehow find some form in James Harden to help them secure that win, which will be really, really interesting uh to see so this is the oh sorry Heather just jumped in there but this is the wrap up of the show uh Hayley thank you as always for joining me Uh, I love having you on this show Uh, I love getting to talk all NBA with you all the time but my last question to you is who is winning the MVP this upcoming season oh it's gonna be Kawhi Leonard obviously I mean he's He's just come back from his year off with his ACL. 
I don't know if you say you've seen all these photos and videos of other NBA players. Have you seen Kawhi? Yeah, he is looking very ripped, Hayley. Did see it. <laughs> oh, Riley. Yeah, I, I think he'll come back as well. It's sort of about your team, who you're around. And I think, you know, he's got PG. They've got John Wall now. They've got good pieces, great role players with like Rocco. I think, you know, he's definitely up there. It's just about who can stay healthy, really. But my money is on Kawhi. All right, everyone that is listening, put your money right now on Kawhi Leonard for MVP because those votes will go up the more people listen and you want to get in very, very early like Hayley here. (laughs) All right, see you guys. See you next week. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.